0: Welcome back to the Markout Movie Podcast. This is Brandon Spivey and today I am bringing you a movie review of a movie I saw on last Friday night called The Grudge. Uh, okay, here we go. No movie trailer before we start this. I think I'm going to cut that out and just get straight into everything and give my thoughts, my scores. You know you know how we do it here. Uh, but anyway, let's get right into it. A, detec- a detective investigates a murder scene that has a connection to a case that her new partner handled in the past. The killings occurred in a haunted house that passes on a ghostly curse to those who dare enter it. Soon the curse spreads to a terminally ill woman and her husband. And another suspecting unsuspecting couple who were in the wrong place at the wrong time. It is der- It came out on uh, January 3rd, 2020. Uh... Directed by Nicholas Pesquet, I think, is how you pronounce his name. He's only directed three movies. It's the first movie I've seen him in. The other two films, I believe, are really small, independent films. So this was his debut as on the big stage, so to speak. And I'm going I'm to get into it. <laughs> Production companies were Screen Gems and Stage 6 Films. Producers were Sam Raimi, who we all know from the Evil Dead franchise. He also produced *Crawl* last year, which was fantastic. Um, but you know, let's go into the scores right now. Well, actually, let's go into the cast. Let's get to the cast here. Okay. <clears throat> so Andrea Risborough, I think it's how you pronounce her name, plays Detective Muldoon. She's new to town. She's she's a, you know a new cop, partnered up with. Probably gonna butcher his name, Damien Bichur, who is Detective Goodman, who has a previous connection to the house that's haunted, apparently. Um, so it, these are your really your two main characters in this film. Uh, there was a murder. Uh, like okay, so it starts in 2004. It's it's like a th- Three year gap here. So it starts in 2004 where uh, Tara Westwood plays Fiona Landers, murdered her husband, played by David Lawrence Brown, as Sam Landers, and their daughter, played by Zoe Fish, as Melinda Landers. Fiona was a nurse in Tokyo where the grudge 2003 2004 happened. Um, So it's not, it's like a sequel. To The Grudge in a way. But standing as a prequel. To The Grudge 2. It's in between those two films. This is not a remake. I repeat. This is not a remake. (laughs) Uh, It's in between Grudge and Grudge 2. So. Anyway. She was a nurse. Or at at that house. Or. Something. You know. um, And. uh, she, She entered that house. And you enter that house, you're cursed. It follows you. It doesn't follow your home. It follows you. You're linked to to the you know the the ghost. Uh, so, and it makes you kill your family apparently. And uh, like I really don't remember too much about the Grudge films. Like I never seen Juwan, I think that's what it's called in Japan. Never seen those films. I did see the Sarah Michelle Gellar film. Did not like it just didn't didn't care much for it. Uh saw Grudge 2, liked it even less. And I saw Grudge 3 and I don't remember a single thing about it. So my guess is I probably didn't like it. <laughs> uh so and I remember the first trailer for this movie, and I'm going to get back to the rest of the people in a, movie, in a minute. Uh I didn't care, you know. I think that last trailer showed a lot more that Gained so much interest from me that it made my top 20 films to see this year. May number 20. It came down to between The Grudge and Fast and Furious 9. And I just since there's no trailers to Fast and Furious and probably won't be until like the Super Bowl, I figure I know what to expect with that. And even though I wasn't a huge fan of the last one, uh, you know what to expect with Fast and Furious. So. I think it's going to be a good time, good ride, but the grudge looked promising for me. But I'll get right back to it. So, that happened in 2004, and Goodman and his partner, were uh, Detective Wilson, who's played by William Sadler, were investigating that murder, right? Investigating it, case closed. Double murder, homicide, suicide. You know, so um, uh, the case was closed, but the partner went into the house. Not Goodman, the other guy, went into the house, and then so he's linked to the house. So he's linked to this curse. He's linked to this ghost. And it messes him up. So a year later goes by, uh, William and uh, Faith Matheson played by Frankie Faison. I think it's, I think it's how you pronounce his name. And the great... Now horror iconic actress... Lynn Shay. Moving into this house. Lynn Shay's character is... They're saying terminally ill. She, you know... And she's talking to an invisible person. But what they do not understand... Is she's talking to... Melinda Landers. The daughter that died in that house. And... You know, and uh, I, so they think she's crazy. You know, she's terminally ill. But as as this is going on, John Chow, Peter Spencer, and his wife Betty Gilpin, who most people probably know from Glow, Nina Spencer, um, they're meeting at the doctor's. Other, uh, they're pregnant. Uh, something I don't remember the disease the Nina has, but they're worried about the baby. You know, uh, so, uh, they're really worried about the baby being healthy, and they're just trying to decide if they should keep it or not, you know, and, uh, so it, that basically is their subplot, you know, uh, uh, now, John Chow's character is, uh, like, selling the house, so, you know, he's, he, he's, you know, he's responsible for the house, uh which is what I got confused about. I I I thought he was part of the timeline with the the Matheson's, but apparently he was they were part of the timeline with the Landers. Uh so I got confused. The timeline's kind of confused me a little bit. <laughs> but overall, I liked what they were doing here. These three different timelines. I liked it all. Uh but I thought the story was really good. I really did. And I, I usually go into the scores right now, but I really thought the story was really good here because um, it, it was in the, about an investigation. It's about a haunting. It's it, I like that stuff. So, but now I'm gonna go into the score, uh, what everyone else is giving it, and I'm gonna tell you what I did not like about it because the story I really do like, and uh, I'm gonna go there's a couple other things I like about it too. But let's get into the scores. 4.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Not good. Not good. 2 out of 5 from Common Sense Media. Don't know what that is, but not great. 47 people like this on Google. Not good numbers, people. Not good numbers at all. Rotten Tomatoes. 16% like this on Rotten Tomatoes. And as you, if you listen to my reviews, you always know that I go by the audience score... And people it's not much higher <laughs> it's really not twenty one percent like this audience people the audience only twenty one percent only twenty one percent uh it had a ten million dollar budget at the moment it's at eleven point four domestically so hey it's met its budget right it's at five point eight internationally and worldwide right now is seventeen so this movie needs to make around twenty to twenty five Million to be profitable, I would say. Um, I say twenty to be to break even. About twenty-five to be profitable. I think this movie's gonna break. I think it's gonna end up around thirty to thirty-five worldwide. Uh, I think it's gonna make. Uh, my number would be around thirty, maybe thirty-one, but it could do a little bit better, I guess. Uh, I think it'll make around twenty-two domestically, around eight. Internationally, I uh, put it up at thirty, and I think that will be enough to greenlight a sequel. Uh, I don't think, but there's going to, have to be major changes in a sequel if it gets greenlit. Major changes, like okay, first I want to start with the director. We'll start with him, Nicholas Peche or whatever your name is. Haven't seen your previous two films people say you're 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 a good filmmaker uh I read some comments uh, that people have seen your two previous films much better than this one okay maybe your vision didn't get get used maybe maybe, but watching this movie, the direction you took came off to me as a rookie rookie filmmaker uh not established at all made. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. You depended on way too many jump scares for one thing. If you're going to do jump scares, and I have no issue with jump scares. Get that out of the way. No issues with them. But if you're going to do them, do them when you're not expecting them. You did every single jump scare when the audience was expecting the jump scare. Also, another thing, don't, don't when when a ghost appears or your jump scares appear, don't make it dull. <laughs> uh, this this was boring. This stuff that had, the jump scares were boring. Uh, now the the story itself was I was intrigued. I was invested in that aspect of the movie. Uh, but like John Chow, uh, we all know him and love him. And Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. They love those films, right? Or like those like like those films. Uh, but he's boring in this movie. And he shouldn't be. Betty. Boring. Your leads. Boring. <laughs> they are boring. They're so boring. Right? They have no life to them. Now I'm going to get to the people that do have life. And actually kind of save this for me. Uh, now I'm not going to be given a a fresh review. A fresh score. Because it, it's it's not a fresh movie. But, these two actors, these two actors here, William Sadler as Detective Wilson, and Lynn Shea as Faith Matheson, bring life to this movie. Lynn Shea really brings life to the movie. Like, she's the best part about the movie. (laughs) She just brings so much life and energy to this movie. Uh, William Sadler... The first time I've seen him in a movie was The Mist. I loved him in that movie. Uh, Every time I see him, he's always good. Uh, He's really good in this movie as well. Um, You know, he, he... The thing about it is... The people... These detectives... One didn't believe in the ghost story. The other one thought the house was haunted when it was clear as day. It wasn't the house... It's if you step foot in the house, then you're you're automatically linked to the ghost. You're linked to the curse. It's clear as day. This detective t- just was so stupid. <laughs> so stupid. And, and there's plot holes in this movie, but for, if you get to the basic story of the movie, you go into a house, you're linked to this curse, that curse is going to kill you. And probably kill your family. Um... This detective knew it, but everyone thought he was crazy, and he just wanted to die. He, that's all he wanted. He, I mean, he would—he st- couldn't help himself. He. There was one scene where he's just standing outside the house, looking in at the Mathesons, and the the, the husband calls goodman and goes and gets him you know what he does when he picks him up there goodman's talking to him and says he's got to stop this well, you know what he does let me tell you what he does he gets a gun out he puts it in his mouth and he pulls the trigger but it does not kill him it just blows his face and i love the the, the makeup for that uh when you see him again in the mental hospital how he looks i love that so good makeup artist there uh but th- another problem with this movie is the score it's so flat, it's so dull, it's so boring. It, the score, I, I believe this, if the score would have been better, first off, the score's been better, my score's probably going to be fresh. I'll be honest with you, if the score's better, it's fresh. If the score's better, it's more terrifying. Maybe there is suspense. I, I'll always go back to this. John Carpenter showed off Halloween without a score, and they thought it was dull. They thought it was boring. It didn't make sense. Same here, you barely have a score it, it it's boring it's dull. The score for a horror film is is very key if you don't have a good score, you don't have a good movie period and I don't care if you got Steven Spielberg directing. I don't care if you got John carpenter directing uh martin Scorsese. I don't care who's directing your picture if you're if a, if if you're in a film that depends on a score and horror films depend on scores. You know, I mean, you could probably get by with it in a slasher movie to a degree without a good score. If you have a good, you know, you have a body count, got a lot of gore, people going to love that. But for, like, a movie like Halloween that didn't have a lot of gore, you needed a really good score. And they got, like, one of the best scores of all time in that movie. Uh, for horror, anyway, um, Halloween score is uh, top notch. It's, it's 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 classic. Uh, so, the grudge, one of the worst scores I've ever ever heard, and I kept thinking about that over and over in my head. Well, people, other people, I've seen reviews, have reviewed this movie, and they're, they're applauding what's going to happen. I'm, you know, what I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about the score. Why is it so bad? And I'm like, I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm thinking, while we're watching this movie, while you know what they must have thought, like in post production, they're like, okay, we don't have a good score here. You know, we this movie's gonna fail because on say the score is great. I think the score is great. It's a three point five out of five for me. Honestly, I, I still think it's bad direction. But maybe it's not his fault. Maybe he was forced to do it this way. We don't know as an audience. We don't know. We just know what we see. We don't like. <laughs> That's what we know definitely. We saw. We didn't like it. For me though, I, I like the story. I really. The story is the best part about it. William Siler and Lynn Shays' performances bring so much life to this story, uh, this movie. Uh, so, uh, so, I, I really like that. I like the story aspect, and I love their performances aspect. And that's about all I could say good about it. The scares, they, 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 they sucked. Um, uh, but I'm interested in the world of The Grudge, still. So, it's, I'm still interested. Will I watch this movie again? I might give it one more try. Not in a theater. I do not recommend anyone else watching this movie in theater. Um wait till it goes to streaming. Uh and and watch it then. Um I can't recommend buying this movie. <laughs> uh but for me, for the main part, it wasn't the jump scares, it wasn't the story, it wasn't the acting. Like I will say this. Everybody in the movie, acting wise is good. The characters are born, they're not fleshed out. you know they're, they're they're simple cookie cutter characters that a five-year-old could write. Um, I'm not trying to be offensive to that. I just I'm just saying when you, and most people will probably agree with this, a horror movie comes out in January, you're, you're going to expect that. That's just what you expect, honestly uh you, you don't hope for it, but you expect it you know but like i'm not i i was really hard on black christmas because i think that movie is trash i don't think the grudge is trash at all i i think it was bad directing i think it had a terrible score and those are my two biggest gripes now the acting was good uh like i said i'm the characters weren't fleshed out, but for what they were giving to these actors, I think they all exceeded in what they were given. It's just that two people got got a lot more out of it, you know? Lynn Shea, awesome horror actress, uh, you know, and uh, William Sadler was great too. I mean, these two people are really good at their craft. Uh, probably both are very underrated in Hollywood and are given... Characters like these—they're both good character actors, by the way—and they both make this movie what it is. It will make it as good as it it is for me. It's it's because of these two people. And like I know John's a really good actor. Betty Gilpin is a great actress. She's amazing on Glow. She's in The Hunt, which I want to see. She's done some stuff since Glow, and she's been really good in them. You know, so yeah, I mean. I liked uh, the actor that played Goodman. Demian Bashir. I, I thought he was good. I thought he was going to have more to do in that last act though. And he. At the end of the movie. He just. He doesn't even show up. Really. Andrea. As uh, Detective Muldoon was good. Just. Dumb. <laughs> she was just dumb. She thought the the house was haunting. And here's, here's another problem I have with this movie. And I know this is a spoiler review. And all. And. I figured if you if you were going to watch this movie, you probably would have seen it by now. Uh, I know it's been out less than a week, but I just figured if you were going to go see it, you probably would have seen it opening weekend. Uh, and I'm going to write down spoilers in big, bold letters. But, okay, so she thought she's investigating everything, but she thinks, she realizes that Fiona Landers was in Japan and came back. And all of a sudden, the house was haunted? You know, and I'm like, why would that be? Why would you think? Did you look up what happened in Tokyo? Come on now, come on. Do do, do some more research. Where she came from and why she came back. Do a little bit more research there. For writers and, you know, I don't think it was a terrible screenplay altogether. But maybe it was. You know, maybe it was a bad script. But I like the story. And maybe that's credit to the director. That I liked that actual story they were telling. But as far as the jump scares and stuff. I hated. And uh, I just. It was unnecessary. Half of them were unnecessary. You don't have to tell a good horror film. Without gore by doing 20 jump scares. I don't know if it was 20. It felt like 20 to me. It could have been like 10. But really honestly. You don't need more than 2 or 3 jump scares in a horror film. Really. Just make them count, you know, make them count. But anyway, she thought the house was haunted, so what she do? She burns the house down, right? You know, there, there, okay. Here's the problem with this though. There should be some dread. There should be some tension. There should be some some suspense. Suspense here. There's nothing. Watching this happen, it's just like it's just happening. There's nothing building up to it. There's nothing. You know, there's just nothing there. It's just it's just happening, and it feels dull and borderline boring when this is happening and you're like okay alright she's doing that she's got the gasoline out yeah she's gonna turn she's gonna burn this place down where's the tension where's the dread Where, here's another thing there was no sense of urgency throughout this picture you're dealing with a haunted house apparently in your head there should be a sense of urgency and there's really not there really isn't and also, I blame the director on that as well. You should have a sense of urgency for your film, and you didn't. And I don't understand. <laughs> I really don't. I don't see how Lin Shay and uh, William Sadler can have a sense of urgency with their characters, and the rest couldn't. Uh, it felt like something was on the line with those two people, but the rest, it just didn't. Like when John Chow, like he's hiding right in a closet... As some people complained about that. Where else was he going to go? That was the only logical place he could go. Really, people. Where are you going to go? Under the bed? (laughs) Come on. When you're... In horror films, and people don't understand this, apparently. They think, well, they shouldn't go there. You're in that situation. You don't know what you're going to do. You're probably going to go to the first thing you see open. (laughs) The first open you see. You're not thinking. You're reacting. So, I don't understand people complain about that stuff, but... My problem with that scene is he's in the closet, right? He sees the woman, the wife, Miss Landers, walking away. Next thing, the ghost is right beside him. No, don't do that. Let him go out. Build some tension. If you're going to kill him, kill him. But build some tension. Build some suspense here with this. Make his death matter. Right? Or his possession matter. Because that don't even make sense. I mean, I guess it does make sense. I guess he's dead already. If you get possessed, you're dead already. I mean... I I don't know. I mean... uh, uh, It's iffy to say. uh, He was definitely possessed. Because he goes and kills his wife, an unborn child. And then they find him in the bathtub. Uh, The bathtub was kind of cool to see, I guess filled with, like, blood and stuff. Uh. And he walks closer to it. It's like, what's in there? Obviously, something bad's in there. <laughs> but let's go look at it. It's a cliche in, in horror films to do that. Uh. I'm not gonna gripe about it. But. You know, I just. It, it was just funny. To see. Uh. But. But here my, my my problem with the ending though is there's just no suspense to it. There's no dread, there's no tension, there's no sense of urgency. With this uh the score sucked on that scene as well. It just made it lifeless. The movie felt lifeless for the most part of the and that's my biggest gripe is that it feels lifeless. Until Lynn Shay's on screen or William Sadler's on screen, it feels lifeless and um and that's about it, you know. And the ending, oh my god, the ending. <laughs> The ending I have a major problem with. First off, they think they've killed the the haunting, right? They think if they burned the house down, it's over. It's not over. <laughs> we know this as an audience. We've seen this before. We know it's not over. So what she do? She, they buy a new home, right? Uh, they move. Uh... And I guess it has an Amity Horville vibe. Uh, uh, but it, it, she's hugging her son. Then in the background we see her son walk up. Say, Mom, he says, bye mommy, I'm catching the bus. And then it's revealed that it's the ghost. And it's dragging her and it cuts to the house. And you have to look at the house in silence for 90 seconds. Maybe that was dread for them, (laughs) but for me, I'm like, really, this is how we're ending your movie, looking at a wide shot of your house, nothing but silence, you don't hear the woman screaming, you don't hear nothing, it's just, it's just silence, and I'm like, wow, (laughs) you're expecting something to happen. And I don't know why we're expecting it to happen, but we are expecting something to happen, and it doesn't. I think it says the end, after the 90 second pause. I'm not really sure, uh, I may have blinked and missed something, I don't know. But overall, uh, overall, uh, like I said, I don't hate this movie. I don't hate the movie. I did like some stuff. But overall, I mean, I, I would love to give this a fresh score. I wanted to give this a fresh score. Like, I really did. But ultimately, I was disappointed in the movie, and I can't recommend anyone watching in the theaters. Um, I just. If you just had a better score. <laughs> Man, if you just had a better score. But you didn't. Guess, uh, Screen Gems or whoever, just didn't want to pay for a good score. You know what? In my opinion, Sam Raimi should have took over this movie and directed it himself, because uh, this is on him uh, as a producer. I'm not sure how much of a big producer he was on this movie, but it just... He is uh promoted a lot in the trailers produced by Sam Raimi. Uh, but, you know... I. I mean, obviously, I think this director's going to get another shot, uh, especially if this does enough money. He'll get another shot. Whether it's good or not, he'll get another shot. But if he had no creative, you know, he could not take chances. If, you, if you're if you not... Okay, here's the first thing, people, producers, direct, filmmakers. Um, if you're not given the creative freedom to create something new and fresh... Don't accept the job. <laughs> Do not. And I'm assuming this is the case. Because some people, a lot of people like his work. Previous to this movie. So obviously the handcuffs were on. And um. Which you know you get you get your handcuffs on. Mainly when you're with Disney. But um. Apparently the handcuffs were on. They had a specific. Specific. Specific vision for this movie. Uh. Which is to make it like an average, you know, your average basic haunting film with a bunch of jump scares. And, uh, I mean, it's, I don't think this will go down as my worst film of the year. I don't think it'll make my worst films of the year of 2020, but start off the year for me personally, starting off this year, last three horror films I've seen have been duds and, uh. That's sad, and and, I'm, you know, you got Underwater coming, it was a horror, uh, you know, horror film with the monster in the, the, in the seas, uh, kind of like Leviathan, similar to Alien, I guess, Underwater, uh, so, uh, but I, it's January, so, um, you gotta expect the worst, right, for January horror films, so... I hope underwater is better than the Grudge, but my score for this movie, after really thinking about it, uh, I'm gonna give it a 2.5, based on the story. You know the, I like the different timelines, even though I did get confused a little bit in one timeline. Uh, I like the story though. And I like Lin Shea and William Sadler's performance, so that gets it to two point five. Like I say, if the score is better, I think it's a three at least. And uh, but this was not a perfect movie by any means. Um, a lot of people hate this movie. As you could, if you heard the the scores earlier from Rotten Tomatoes, gives it a sixteen percent. Twenty one percent is the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, and forty seven percent like it on Google. Google is usually pretty high. You know, it's usually in the 70s, 80s, or 90s, but not for this. Uh yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know what to tell you other than this was a disappointing film. And it's not going to be my best films of the year. <laughs> I can tell you that. It won't even come close. But right now, it's the worst film of the year uh, that I've seen. Uh, I don't think it'll be the worst film of the year that I do see, but I think it is right now it is the worst. Um but you know, I mean I think we'll probably get a sequel to it uh because it's going to make a little money. Um it costs 10 million, probably needs to make around 20, 25 to break even, have a little profit, and I think it's going to do around 30 worldwide. So, uh, not great numbers by any means, but enough to be a profitable film and get a sequel out of it you know um but we'll see what happens i mean it's the grudge you know i i think though they didn't really have anything new to tell so they told it from a different you know different way timelines that was kind of fresh in a way but obviously they just didn't have a It's your basic haunting story. It's not that your house is haunted. It's that you're haunted. You went into this house. uh, And that's curse. You're linked to that curse. And uh, I'm more interested... Excuse me. I'm more interested in a grudge movie telling why you're cursed. What caused this curse? I'm more interested in that than repeating this link stuff. If you go into a house, you know. Because uh, it really nothing ends. Like okay, say, she's dead at the end of the movie. Her son comes home. He's going to be dead. You know, she's going to kill him and, and drown herself or whatever. Anyone buys that house is going to be linked. It, it's a never ending cycle. So I would like a story. If you're going to tell another grudge movie, tell it how how the curse started you know i would be interested in seeing that but this has been brandon Spivey from the mark out movie podcast giving you my thoughts giving y'all my thoughts on the grudge 2020 um i gave it a 2.5 uh i gave it a 2.5 in detail (laughs) but it is spoilers so if, if you don't like spoilers uh I apologize, but I felt I had to really go in detail, give my thoughts for this movie. Uh, You know, I don't usually go in too much detail, but this one I felt I had to, because I liked part of the movie, and there's parts I don't like, and I've explained what I don't like, but I did like parts. I really liked it. I really liked the story, and I really liked those two performances, but obviously that's not enough to make a good movie. You know, you gotta have, everything's gotta be on, everything's gotta gel. You know, every aspect of film has to gel. Not part of it. You gotta have everything going. So, fortunately it didn't. And it's a disappointment. But, it's gonna make a little money. So, <laughs> it's a win for the studio. But anyway, that's been my thoughts. I am Brandon Spivey. And uh, tomorrow I will be reviewing Trick. Which I recently saw on uh, Hulu. And I'll also... Uh, we reviewing the Fast and Furious Space Racers Season 1 on Netflix. Uh, spoiler alert. One of them I liked. The other one I was disappointed in. <laughs> and it may shock you which one it is. Uh, but anyway, thank you for listening. And we'll be back Friday. We will be doing Does It Hold Up Spaceballs, which I saw last night for the very first time. Very first time. And that's going to be an interesting topic. Also, we're bringing back movie news, so that's going to be fun to do again. Uh, it's going to be great. This week's episode is going to be fun. It's going to be lit. It's going to be energetic. I feel good about it. Anyway, thank you for listening. This has been, this has been Brandon Spivey for the Mark Out Movie Podcast.